أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم uh, welcome and thank you to everyone who's um, been able to join us for uh, this live stream uh, and thanks also to anyone who uh, will listen to this podcast uh, later on inshallah um, I'm here again uh, this week with uh, young Aiden um, and uh, we're going to continue our um, Risali Nur discussions. Um, today's discussion is going to be based on um, the end part of part, part of the Risali Nur known as the 24th flash. Okay. Um, at the end of that, he has here a section, right, for those who want to um, uh, read their own copy, uh, there's a section here that starts with Bismihir uh, Subhanahu, uh, in his name be glorified, a conversation with the women, my believing, my believing sisters of the hereafter. Okay. Um, and in fact, today's discussion is going to uh, be based on um, uh, a very um, uh, important and insightful uh, question that was um, posed to me earlier in the week um, by one of the uh, persons that um, uh, uh, listens to these um, discussions regularly. Um, uh, yeah, so the person sent me um, a, a question, um, which uh, I should probably actually just, um, uh, no, I won't read the whole thing, um, uh, but just in general, like, the question uh, was based on this. So uh, the person's well aware of the fact that um, in Islam, uh, when we act, right, uh, and indeed when we do things for people even, okay, um, what's meant to be motivating that, that action, right, the reason why we're doing that action, right, is meant to be for Allah's sake. Okay. Um, and to act in that way is just to act sincerely. Right? It's, it's to decide... Sincerely. Um, so let's say, for example, uh, I didn't uh, say that I prepared you something to eat. Yeah. Um, although I've prepared the food for you, taking into account your particular needs, right? You know, taking into account the fact that you're hungry, um, taking into into account what sort of food you like, and so on. Um, so taking into account all your needs, I prepare food for you. Despite the fact that it's for you, really the reason why I'm meant to be doing that thing, right? whether it's making food or helping someone in any way, right? or even doing something for yourself, right? doing any action whatsoever, actions are meant to be done for Allah's sake. Right? So the reason why we're doing them is to gain Allah's reward, Allah's pleasure. Um, after I read a short section from... Uh, um, from the 24 flash, I'm going to come back and you know just revise exactly what we mean by sincerity, um, uh, and then um, I'm going to inshallah relate that to this um, issue of uh, uh, compassion and gratitude. Okay. So the question that was posed to me um, uh, by the person uh, is along these lines. Right? So the person's well aware right, of everything that I've just said. Right? When we act, we're meant to act sincerely. But what about what about this? Um, when I act um, 
with compassion, let's say, um, for some close relative, right? like my son, my mother or my father, um, uh, and particularly someone like my son. Right? Um, shouldn't I be expecting, like, don't I have the right to expect a certain kind of response? Right? So Aidan, I just gave you some biscuits to eat, right? Should I, like, Islamically speaking, right, is it proper for me? Right? So this is basically the question. Is it proper for me to expect gratitude from you? Right? Should I expect you to thank me? Yeah. Um, so bearing in mind that when we act, we're meant to be acting for Allah's sake. Right? Can I nonetheless, do I nonetheless have the right to expect gratitude? Okay. So the person who asked the question went even further and said that, let's say that I never get any gratitude from someone. Right? Um, let's say that someone, you know, demonstrates a lack of gratitude toward me, um, you know, in a very extreme way. Um, but let's say this is ongoing for a long time. Shouldn't I just stop helping that person? Shouldn't I stop doing um, um, things to that person? Uh, wouldn't that mean that that person's just using me so that, you know, I, I shouldn't allow that? You know, shouldn't just allow myself to be used by people? Um, I'm owed a debt of gratitude. The person fails to show me gratitude, fails to say thanks, fails to act in a gracious way, um, fails to, in other words, manifest um, gratefulness you know, through the uh, way they act toward me. Um, yeah, you know, aren't I permitted? Right? Isn't it okay for me under those circumstances um, just to desist in uh, continuing to help that person? Um, so, and the person pointed out also this, that um, when I act in a compassionate way toward, uh, let's say, some stranger, right? let's pretend like I donate some money to some person that I don't even really know. Right? I just see a website right, where there's a person who, um, uh, you know, needs help. Um, uh, you know, like there's a person who's uh, you know, poor, uh, they need um, sadaqa, right, they need uh, help. Uh, sh fair enough, maybe to someone like that, I wouldn't expect any gratitude, right? Um, so I donate some money, let's say, to a person in Africa who's starving. Um, I might not expect a, you know, letter of gratitude from that person. Um, but surely, the person's saying, when we're talking about uh, persons that are close to us, like our relatives, or you know, say my son, um, uh, my wife, or whoever. Um, surely, under those circumstances, I am owed this, uh, this uh, debt of gratitude, and uh, you know, indeed, I should stop helping persons, um, you know, if they don't show me gratitude under those circumstances. So, um, in order to uh, answer this question, I, I thought that it would be useful to um, see. What Bedizaman says here about um, women in particular, right? So, uh, in this section of the Dissadi Nur, um, he does address in particular uh, women, okay? Um, and he speaks in very glowing terms, in very high, um, he holds in, in very high esteem um, the believing women. Why? For their compassion, right? For their compassionateness. In the compassion shown by women, 
for example, in the compassion showed by a mother towards her um, children. Uh, in that, Bedouzman sees a great, great sincerity. He sees his compassion as being entirely um, uh, disinterested. Right? So it's not for one's own interest, it's a totally disinterested. Right? Uh, a, a compassion where there's no self-interest, in other words. Um, and to that extent, it's a, um, uh, a very, very sincere kind of uh, compassion. Right? Um, so Bedouzman's going to going to talk about this here. Right? Um, and by the time we read these uh, couple of pages, what we'll hopefully do is we'll see each other what we believers should be aiming for. All right? So what exactly, what degree of sincerity does Allah expect of me? Um, Aiden, so when I, um, you know, do things for my family members, okay, um, to what extent should I expect something back? Yeah, um, we're going to understand once we read those couple of pages, right, what Allah expects of us in that regard. Right? So to that extent, it will very much answer the question that we put to. Okay, it will very much answer that, but. Um, uh, there will be some additional issues that arise, um, uh, which we'll come back to, inshallah, after we do uh, the reading. Um, but in the first instance, what we should be trying to understand from this is, yeah, like, um, sure, sure, when I do things for people, I might expect reward. You know, I might expect something in return. I might expect a thank you and so on. Okay? Um, but really, what should I be aiming for? Is that what I should be aiming for? Um, you know, even if... I am a certain way now, should I be aiming to, to change my heart? Right? Should I be aiming to um, regard those sorts of situations differently? Okay. Uh, that's inshallah what we'll learn. So uh, let me um, just check my, my recordings working here properly, and then we're going to read um, yeah, uh, this last section of the 24. Okay, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. Okay, so I'm going to begin from the first point, right? So I'm going to skip the preamble. This is a conversation with the women, my believing sisters of the hereafter. First point. Since one of the most basic principles of the Risale Nur is compassion, right? Shavkat, compassion. And women are the champions of compassion. They are by nature more closely connected with the Risale Nur than others. Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah, this natural sympathy is felt in many places. The self-sacrifice within this compassion wants nothing in return and expresses true sincerity. And so is of the greatest importance at this time. Yes, the fact that wanting nothing in return, a mother will sacrifice her life to save her young from danger, as a demand of her nature, sorry, as the demand of her nature and with true sincerity, shows that 
women are capable of great heroism. Through developing this heroism, they may save their lives, both in this world and in the hereafter, by means of it. However, this important attribute fails to unfold under the influence of certain bad currents of thought. Otherwise, it is exploited. A small example out of hundreds is as follows. A compassionate mother undertakes every sort of self-sacrifice so that her child should not fall into danger in this worldly life and should receive every sort of benefit and advantage. She brings him up with this in view, thinking, my son is going to be a pasha, okay, a pasha, person of high standing. Okay. My son is going to be a pasha. She gives him all her property, takes him out of the Qur'an school, and sends him to Europe. But it does not occur to her that her child's eternal life has fallen into danger. She tries to save him from prison in this world and does not take into consideration his being sentenced to the prison of hell. And, and as the complete opposite of innate compassion, she makes her innocent child a claimant against her in the akhirah, the hereafter, whereas he should have been her intercessor. He will complain to her, saying, Okay, so this is in the hereafter. Right? The mother's son is going to complain to her, saying, Why did you not strengthen my belief and so cause me to be lost? And in this world too, since he did not receive a proper Islamic upbringing, he cannot respond to his mother's wondrous compassion in the way it deserves. In fact, he does so very deficiently. If not misdirecting her true compassion... She works to save her unhappy child from the everlasting incarceration of hell and from dying while, whilst in misguidance, which is to go to eternal extinction. The equivalent of each of the child's good works will pass to the book of good deeds of his mother. And, just as after her death he will continuously and just as after her death he will continuously send lights to her spirit with his good works, so too in the hereafter he will be not a claimant, but rather with all his spirit and life an intercessor for her and a blessed child of hers for all eternity. Yes, man's first master and most influential teacher is his mother. In connection with this, I shall explain to you. I shall sorry. I shall explain the following to you. Yeah. In connection with this, I shall explain the following to you, which I have always felt strongly in my own self. I am eighty years old, and have received lessons from eighty thousand people. Yet I swear that the truest and most unshakable lessons I have received are those inculcated in me by my late mother, which have always remained fresh for me. They have been planted in my nature as though they were seeds planted in my physical being. I observe that other instruction I have received 
has been constructed on those seeds. That is to say, the lessons instilled in my nature and spirit by my mother when I was one year old, I now see at the age of 80 to be each fundamental seeds amid great truths. For instance, I consider it certain that I learnt to be compassionate, which is the most important of the four principles of my way, and to be kind and clement, which is the, which is the greatest truth of the Risalinur. Right, So he learnt all that from the compassionate behaviour and acts of my mother and from her teaching. Yes, the compassion of motherhood bears true ikhlas, right, true sincerity and true self-sacrifice. But, not thinking of the hereafter, which is a treasure of diamonds for an innocent child, and to instead turn his face towards this world, which is like temporary transient fragments of glass, and to be kind to him instead in that way, is to misuse that compassion. Okay, just a little bit more to go. Okay. A proof of this heroism of women in regard to compassion, which wants absolutely no recompense and nothing in return, and of their sacrificing their very spirits, which bears no meaning of personal benefit and no show, is that a hen, right, so a mother hen, which bears a tiny sample of that compassion, will attack a lion and sacrifice its life for its chicks. Now, the most valuable and most essential principle in Islamic training and deeds pertaining to the hereafter is ikhlas, sincerity. Such true sincerity is to be found in the heroism of this kind of compassion. If these two points begin to develop among women, it will be the means to considerable happiness within the domain of Islam. When it, comes to, when it comes to the heroism of men, it can never be for nothing. They always want recompense in perhaps a hundred ways. At the very least, they want glory and renown. But regrettably, unfortunate women practice hypocrisy in another form in order to be saved from the evil and oppression of tyrannical men. This sort arises from weakness and impotence. Okay. That's the end of the first point. Okay. So, most important thing to take for our purposes, right, for, Aiden, for the purposes of today's discussion, okay, we're trying to answer a certain question, remember, okay? Um, a person has asked whether or not it's okay for me to expect uh, gratitude in return for good deeds done uh, for uh, persons, in particular close relatives. Okay. Um, so in the context of that question, right, the most important things to take um, uh, from what Bediruzman has just said okay, um, is his discussion here of compassion. Okay. So when he talks about compassion, what he's referring there to is this. Okay? And we've actually touched on this quite a lot in recent weeks. Okay? Um, remember we said, Aidan, that the beings in this universe, okay, they're all very much uh, weak and impotent. Okay? 
Um, they're they're uh, weak and impoverished. Okay, they're ajiz and fakir. In other words, they are needy, but they've got no means of their own, right? No ability of their own to meet their own needs. Right? To that extent, they're entirely dependent right, on someone other than themselves to meet every single one of their needs. Okay, now. Each and every single one of us should be aware of this neediness and impotence and poverty to meet our own needs. Okay? But just as we should be aware of our own weakness and poverty, so too we should notice that every other being, right? so just as I am weak and impoverished, just as I am needy and unable to meet my own needs, so too are all the other beings in the universe. Right? So Aiden is needy and can't meet his own needs. Mum is needy and can't meet her own needs. Every single human being, every person, every animal, every living being, every non-living thing even, they're all needy and can't meet their own needs. What it means to exemplify compassion right, is first and foremost to be aware of this, right? to be cognizant of, to be aware of the fact that all these beings are needy, right? and they can't meet their own needs. It's to pity them, right? it's to feel for them, it's to sympathise right? where possible to empathise with them. Okay, um, you know when we when we empathise with someone, you know um, that means that you know we understand how they feel. Okay, right? we understand how they feel. Um, we know that yeah, you know, we, we can relate how they feel to ways that we have felt. All right. Um, so, compassion is very much an act of empathy. Right? Just uh, given what I've just said, okay. So, just as I know how I feel, right? I know that I feel um, utterly weak and impoverished, right? So too, I should understand that others too feel weak and impoverished, okay. If they're aware of the truth, that is, okay. I mean, I understand that there'll there, uh, there'll be people, right? Primarily non-believers who think that they're able to meet their own needs themselves. But certainly the believer should be aware that yeah, they have no capacity of their own to meet their own needs. So to feel compassion for someone right, is to understand this, to understand how they feel, to pity them. Right? And it's to go further. Right? It's to then translate that into action wherever possible. Right? So you know, if I really do feel for someone, if I... Very, if I really do see that someone is needy and unable to meet their own needs, uh, then right, I should do whatever is within my means to assist them in that regard. Okay? Isn't that the case, Aiden? All right? Taking into account my own neediness too. So here I see a person, for example, that is needy, right, is hungry, let's say, um, what I can do is, right, uh, given that I'm weak and impoverished myself, like I've got to understand first of all that when I rush to this person's aid, right, it's not really me who's meeting that person's needs. It's still going to be Allah, okay. But what I can do is I can make certain choices. Yeah, I can choose, for example, to make a dua for that person, right? a verbal dua. I can say to Allah, you know, Ya Allah. I see that that person's needy. I see that that person's hungry. Um, ya Allah, meet that person's needs. I can ask Allah to meet that person's needs. That's a verbal kind of dua. 
But then I can make dua in this non-verbal way too. Okay. Um, I can act in certain ways, right? which, as I've said in the past, really just boils down to making certain choices. All right? Remember, we don't have any power of our own to act. Right? I, when I move my arm, it's for Allah's power that my arm moves. All I can do is make a choice. What that choice amounts to is a request from Allah. It's a dua made to Allah. I'm, I'm, I choose to reach for to pick up this glass, um, and then Allah decides whether or not to answer that dua. Okay? So that every time I act, right, on each and every single occasion, it's really all that's really happening is that Allah is hearing my dua, right, is seeing the choice that I've made, right, understanding that as a dua, right, and then he's answering that dua. So I can therefore make dua for persons in that kind of active sense as well. Oh, so I see that Aiden's hungry, yeah? I see that Aiden feels like some chocolate biscuits. Right? I know, for example, that Aiden likes chocolate biscuits. Right? I see his weakness and poverty, so what I do, right? I make certain choices. I choose to stand up and go to the fridge and get the biscuits and bring them to him. Right? In other words, I do certain actions. Right? But all the while, I understand that through Allah's power that all that happens. Okay? Um, you know, Bedouzaman says that everything that rises to the divine court from this universe, right? Everything that rises to Allah counts as a dua, right? Every choice that I make, okay, in part what that means is that every choice that I make counts as a dua to Allah. So, well, when I take pity upon someone's neediness, and then I go to try to meet their needs, really what I'm doing is I'm just making dua to Allah, uh, it's just that it's in a slightly different form to our you know, usual verbal dua. So to be compassionate to, towards someone entails all of that. You know. And if I'm, and as Bedouzaman uh, mentions here, if I'm to be truly compassionate towards someone, really what I should be interested to do right, is to meet their it's to make dua, in other words, to Allah. Right? I should be making dua both verbally and actively right, to Allah for that, that person's most pressing, most important needs. And what are our most important needs, Aiden? Like, what's our most important need? Given what we said last week. Right? Is my, think about it like this. Is my most important need in the world this? Yeah? And also given what Bedouzaman's just said. What's a what's a more important need? Right? Is it to go to Europe, as he refers to here? Right? Is it to travel to Europe and study at Oxford University so that I can get a higher paying job when I come back to Australia? Right? Is that my the most important goal in the world for me? Mm. Or is is it is it a more important goal right, that, for example, I learn how to Act, I learn how to choose, I learn how to behave, I learn how to, for example, be compassionate and gracious and so on. I learn, in other words, how to properly worship so that I can gain a certain station in the afterlife, right? a certain station as close to Allah as possible in the afterlife. Right? Is that my more primary need or is my more primary need to go and study in Europe? Which is the first or the... My more primary need is the one pertaining to the hereafter, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Okay. 
So what Bedisman's talking about here in part, you know, he's saying first of all that, look, the mother, out of all human beings, right, the mother is the kind of person that manifests compassion to you know, the maximal degree, right? Greater than anyone else. Greater than the father even. In a very self-sacrificing way, right? without expecting anything in return, you know, she rushes to, in other words, she makes dua for her child right, in respect of all of their most important needs. And in doing that, right, if she's to be sincere in doing that, she expects nothing in return. Right? That's the most important thing that Bedouzman says there. Right? This is what we should be aiming for as believers. We should be aiming to be like the mother, right? Like, like how a true mother acts. Right? A true mother, who's also a worshipper, a true sincere mother, a compassionate mother, right? is like this. She wants to meet the needs, all of the most important needs of a child, but when she does that, she doesn't expect anything in return. In other words, no matter what, right, no matter what, she'll still engage in that compassion. Let's say, for example, that her child does not say thank you. Let's say that her child does not express the degree of gratitude that she was hoping for. Nonetheless, she'll still do it. Okay. She does not expect anything in return at all. When she does it, she does it purely for Allah's sake. That's the important thing, right? So, so how does that make any sense? Like, she's doing something for her child, but if she's to be sincere in doing that, she's to expect nothing in return and do it purely for Allah's sake, right? So... Um, how do those two uh, meld? We'll come back to that in a moment. I just want to finish off um, my point in relation to, to Europe versus the Ahireh. Okay. What Bedouzman is saying here right, is that the compassionate mother, the sincerely compassionate mother, right, ought to be like this. Expecting nothing in return, she tries to raise her child in such a way right, that he gains a certain station in the afterlife. He ends up in Jannah instead of Jahannam. Right? Instead of going, ending up in hell, he ends up in paradise. Right? Instead of ending up in a situation where he is, in other words, distant from Allah, he ends up in a situation where he's close to Allah. That is his most important need, right? And she rushes to meet that. Right? And that is born of her innate compassion. But sometimes the problem is, right? what Bedizaman worries about is that sometimes... When the mother forgets her duty as a worshipper, she misdirects, she misuses that compassion. What she does is, rather than worry about her child's most important needs, she instead focuses on meeting his needs that pertain only to this life. And those kinds of needs are infinitely, infinitely less important than the other sorts of needs. Okay? Why infinitely less important? Right? Almost infinitely less important. Why? It's because those needs pertain only to a transient life. Right? Let's pretend that a mother does what Bedouzman says. Okay? She's a compassionate mother, but unfortunately she's forgotten her duty as a worshipper. 
she's forgotten that she's trying to that she's meant to be trying to uh, raise her child to gain the afterlife. Right? She forgets that. She takes him out of the Quran school, right? Which is really just a metaphor for you know um, an Islamic upbringing in general, right? So she sets aside an Islamic upbringing. She doesn't worry about teaching a child to pray. She doesn't worry about um, teaching, teaching her child to be sincere and compassionate and so on. Right? She doesn't worry about any of that. Rather, she sets all that aside. Rather, she focuses purely on his needs that pertain to this life. For example, she worries about him getting the best possible education, right? uh, getting the highest paying job marrying the wealthiest spouse, and so on and so on. Right? Let's say that she has great success. Let's say that she achieves all of that. Okay? She takes her son out of the Quran school and sends him to Oxford in Europe, right? in, London, in England. What does she gain? What does she gain for her child? Right? What does he get? Let's say that he gets the best job in the world. Right? Let's say that he earns trillions of dollars per year. It's still... It's still only a transitory gain. Right? It's still only a finite gain. Because is he going to live in this life forever? He's not. How long will he live? How long do, how long do most people live? 60, Between, yeah, on average, right? Between 60, 80, nowadays maybe a bit, bit more. Even if he earned trillions of dollars, right? So he, he, he left the Quran school, he went to Oxford, therefore he got the highest paying job. Now he earns trillions rather than just thousands. <laughs> Still, at the end of 60 or 100 years, right, he's going to die. And if he's not gained the Akhirah, the if he's not ended up in Jannah, and instead he ends up in hell, uh, how will those trillions benefit him? In other words, doesn't matter how well you do in respect of worldly life, right? So in respect of life divorced from the ahide, okay, in respect of yeah, you know, things like getting high high paid jobs, accumulating wealth, building big houses and so on, right? These sorts of things, right? No matter how well you do in them, right, ultimately they can only benefit you to the door of the grave. That's better as one puts it elsewhere. At the end of your 70 or 100 years, you're going to die. After that, that money does not help you in the afterlife. And then, potentially, for all eternity, you're going to be distant from Allah. Okay. Forget about the fact that you're going to be punished. Right? What that punishment really looks to, what that punishment really translates into, is that you're going to be distant from Allah. You're going to be distant from the manifestations of His beauty and perfection. Okay. You're not going to enjoy His beauty. And that's going to continue potentially for all eternity. All right. So to, to, to metaphorically take the uh, child out of the Quran school and you know um, instead direct him toward the dunya, right? In other words, to this transient life, to get your child to focus only on that is very much a misdirection of your compassion. Okay. So that's in general what Bedizaman's um, uh, drawing attention to there. Let's reiterate, let's revise what we mean by sincerity again, okay? Um, the people that have been listening to these discussions will no doubt recall, um, I'm not sure if you recall though, Aiden, right? To be sincere, as I touched on at the um, outset of this discussion, right? 
to be sincere is to act only for Allah's sake. All right. So, you know, when I perform an action, what I'm hoping to do is gain Allah's pleasure. Right? I'm doing it because that's the sort of action that Allah likes. Um, or, uh, indeed, that might be the kind of thing that Allah has made obligatory upon me. You know, Allah has commanded I, that I do it. Right? Allah likes that I do it. So that in doing that action, I'm hoping to gain Allah's raza, Allah's pleasure. Allah's, um, I want Allah to be pleased with me, in other words. When I act, I should be acting with that motivation. No matter what it is, no matter who it's for. Right? That should always be the reason why I act. All right. um, so then, how does that work when we're talking about um, two situations, right? First of all, things that pertain to us, and then secondly, things that pertain to others. Like, what about this, Aiden, right? What if I said to you, Aiden, why did you... Um, Okay, so let's pretend that you just had some lunch, yeah? You had some lunch, you had a bit of a late lunch, let's pretend, right? Instead of eating at 12, you ate at 2. Let's pretend, right? If I said to you, Aiden, why did you choose to eat at 2 p.m. rather than um, 12 p.m. or rather than, say, 5 p.m.? Okay. Probably your answer would be something like this, okay? You'd probably say, well, because that's the time at which I got hungry. <laughs> right? That's when I felt like eating. Right? That's when I felt the hungriest. Okay? Um, or that's when I had time to eat. Or something along those lines. Okay? Now, given what we just said about sincerity, right? when you choose to act, it should always be for Allah's pleasure. But the problem is that it seems, on the face of things, that in this instance, you've acted for your own pleasure, not Allah's pleasure. The reason why you chose to... Right? This is potentially the allegation. The reason why you chose to eat at 2 p.m. rather than 5 p.m. is because that's the time at which you are hungry. So that you made that decision on the basis of your tummy and your hunger and your own feelings, in other words. Right? You ate at that time, taking into account your hunger pangs, and you wanted to satiate that hunger. You weren't doing it for Allah's sake. Right? So the reason why you ate at 2 p.m. rather than 5 p.m. was not to please Allah, but rather to please yourself. Right? Could someone say that? Could someone say that you acted insincerely there? What do you think? Does it seem did that make does it seem that okay? You're correct, right? You're quite correct. A decisions like that need not be insincere, right? They need not be insincere. They could be insincere. But they need not be, okay? So, two different scenarios. There's one person who eats at 2 p.m., yeah, right? So, Aiden 1, right? There are two Aidens in this story. Aiden number 1, right? Doesn't care much about Allah. Doesn't think about Allah. Right? He eats at 2 o'clock because he's hungry at 2 o'clock. And he chooses the food that he chooses because that's the food that he likes, all right? So that he makes those decisions very much to please himself. Right? Um, and he does not relate those decisions in any way to anybody else. Right? He's only thinking about himself. Okay. Um, neither at the time of eating, nor even later, right? nor before. At no time 
does he consider anyone other than himself in respect to those decisions, right? That's person number one. That person is insincere, right? He ate, his decisions, right, in respect of his eating at 2 p.m., were for his sake and not for Allah's sake. That Aiden is insincere, right? Kick him out. Kick that Aiden now. Let's bring in Aiden number two. Aiden number two is sincere, okay? Um, and moreover, because he, because of the fact that he's sincere, right, he tries his best to learn as much as he can about Allah and about his religion, right, so that he can act sincerely, so that he can act in the way that Allah likes. Okay, because that's the key thing about sincerity. I forgot to mention actually, right? Um, if we are acting um, for Allah's sake, then we should be interested to know what sort of ways Allah likes us to act. So if I'm drinking this water really for Allah's sake, okay, if I'm drinking this water sincerely, I should be interested to know how does Allah like me to drink water? Well, like this. He likes me to drink water in such a way as that in the drinking of that water, I come to have a knowledge of him. I come to know certain of his names and attributes. Um, for example, I drink in this way. I say, Bismillah, I drink it. Then I notice how it satiates my thirst. Then I say Alhamdulillah, right? And then I think, even if just for a moment, I think about, right? What a what a wondrously compassionate being this being is, right? He took right, out of all the trillions and trillions of beings in the uh, universe, right? He specifically took pity on me, right? And my thirst at this time, and he satiated my thirst. It's not in fact the water that satiates my thirst. In fact, it's Allah who takes away my thirst which is something experienced in my, in my mind, okay? You know, he, he bears this in mind. At the very least, it's in the back of his mind, all right? It's, it's, it's one of his background beliefs, at the very least. Right? Even if he didn't think about it very expressly, at the very least, it's a background belief, okay? Right? Um, yeah, you know, uh, so um, the sincere way to drink a cup of water, right, is in that way, the way Allah likes me to drink it, yeah? Um, Okay, so, so, so let's let's bear that thought in mind, right? To be sincere, right, is not merely to do things for Allah's sake; it's to do them in the way that Allah likes. Okay, seeing as though we're doing it to gain Allah's pleasure, we'd better do them the way He likes. There's no point saying, mm, "Bismillah, I'm going to drink this for Allah's sake," but now drink it in a manner displeasing to Him. Right? For example, I drink it, and I don't. In any way, um, express gratitude to him for it. I don't spare a thought for the fact that he's taken pity upon me in, 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 um, in that instance. Right? Um, or indeed, I'm wasteful with it. I, I drink half of it, and the rest I just go and I pour it out, even though, I could have, even though there was nothing wrong with it, and I could have kept it and drunk it later. Okay? There's no point saying, hmm, I'm doing this for Allah's sake, but then drinking that right, in a manner displeasing to Allah. If we're to be sincere, remember, as I've said many, many occasions, every time we speak about sincerity, to be sincere is not just to form a certain intention, it's to do something the way Allah likes. All right. Okay. So now, Aiden number two, right? he tries to learn all this, tries to bear all this in mind. Okay. Um, so he comes along and he chooses to eat at 2 p.m., remember. Okay. Now, he's... The reason why he chose 
to eat at 2 p.m. rather than some other time is, yeah, it is because he got hungry at that time, okay? It is because he got hungry at that time, right? And the reason why he chose to eat um, uh, a chicken drumstick rather than a stick of celery is because he likes the taste of chicken and he dislikes celery, yeah? So he did, in a sense, eat in a manner... He did, in a sense, decide, um, taking into account his own pleasure. Right? He took into account when he's hungry. He took into account what sort of food he likes. Right? But in doing that, in doing all of that, right, uh, he still can gain sincerity in this way. Okay? Um, he can do this. Right? He can say, hmm, you know what? I'm going to eat at this time rather than another, and I'm going to choose to eat chicken rather than celery, right? Why? Because right, Allah permits those kinds of decisions, first of all. Right? Those kinds of... Right, it's, it's permissible for me to eat chicken. It's not something haram, okay? Um, Allah, Allah does not command that I always eat celery rather than chicken, you know? It's quite permissible, right? In other words, he's cognizant of the fact that from Allah's perspective, it's quite permissible for you to choose to eat the things that you like. All right. Um, so that when he does choose to eat what he likes, right, he does so right, because he knows that Allah permits it. Okay. Um, and then he further bears in mind this fact. Right? He says to himself, hmm, look, if I eat something that I like rather than something that I dislike, then what that's going to enable me to do is it's going to enable me to express gratitude to Allah right, in a way that maybe I wouldn't be able to if I just ate a stick of celery or, I don't know, choose something that you don't like, like um, a pile of zucchini or eggplant or whatever you don't like, right? Okay. What's your most disliked food? Can you think? Do you like, uh, if, I, if I gave you a, a raw tomato to eat now, would you eat it? <laughs> when do you think you'd be able to appreciate Allah's beauty more? Right? When you eat uh, something that you dislike, like tomato or eggplant, right? or when you eat something that you do like? When you do like, isn't it? All right. So when Aiden number two eats what he likes, right? It's one of his background beliefs, right? At the very least, even I mean, ideally, he'd be bringing this to mind too, or thoughts similar to this. He'd be bringing to mind the fact that you know, um, what a what a wondrous being, what a beautiful being, what a compassionate being, what a merciful being. That he provides for me to eat the very things that I like. Really, he should be bringing that to mind, okay? Um, at least some of the time, okay? All similar sorts of thoughts he should be bringing to mind. But even if he doesn't, at least it's part of his background beliefs, okay? Um, it's at least one of his background beliefs, right? That, you know, he appreciates. Allah for the fact that Allah enables to eat enables him to eat the sorts of foods that he likes, right? Rather than the sorts of foods that he dislikes. Okay. It's one of his background beliefs also that, yeah, you know, if he does eat chicken, then when he says Alhamdulillah at the end of eating, right, that Alhamdulillah, right, it's gonna uh, in a sense be more sincere 
right, than had he have eaten something that he dislikes. Right? Um, when he says Alhamdulillah to Allah, right, um, uh, sorry, when he eats something that he likes, right, he's going to experience Allah's beauty uh, in a way that he wouldn't be able to if he ate something that he dislikes. Right? So he's got these kinds of background beliefs. Right? Um, ideally, he brings them to mind so that when he eats at the time of his choosing, when he eats the food that he likes rather than the food that he dislikes, you know, um, he's very much, you know, coming to know and appreciate Allah in doing those actions. Okay, so remember, remember, the reason why Allah has created us is so that we can experience, right, come to have a knowledge, the most full-bodied knowledge possible, both a propositional, right, in other words, both an intellectual sort of knowledge and an experiential knowledge of the beauty and perfection of all of his names and attributes. Okay. Um, now, seeing as though that's the reason why I'm created, I'm created to experience divine beauty, to enjoy divine beauty, and then to express a gratitude for that beauty. Right. Seeing as though that's why I'm created, then right, it's quite, not only is it permissible, but it's quite useful. Right? It has a great, great util utility for me that I eat the sorts of foods that I enjoy. And I eat them at the times that I am hungry, at the time that I have an appetite. In fact, that's why appetite was given. You know that feeling, Aiden? Like when you're hungry, right? And you smell something that you like to eat just before dinner time, and you sort of get this feeling, this anticipation, this desire to want to eat that food. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's um uh appetite, you know. Uh Bedizaman says that's something that we'll even have in uh, gender. In a place where you have no needs, okay, as in, as in, in a place where you want for nothing, okay, in a place where you have whatever you want, whenever you want it, still, Allah gives you appetite, right? Um, it's Bedizaman's view, right? He gives you appetite because that ad appetite is part and parcel of you being able to enjoy that food, um, and uh, you know, in a more full-bodied way, and therefore express gratitude for it in a more perfected way. Okay, um, which will be something that we continue to do in the afterlife. Uh, but certainly in this life, you're given this appetite so that you can express gratitude, right? So what we understand from this whole discussion, right, so far, is this, that um, it's not, you, you're not insincere, or you need not be insincere, right, just because you did something that's to your liking or to your pleasure, all right? Um, Allah very much wants for you to enjoy pleasure in the right way, however. Right? He wants you to experience beauty and pleasure and goodness of all kinds, right? of all kinds, but he wants you to experience them in a manner that's pleasing to him. Right? Like in other words, you're meant to experience his beauty like this in a, in a, in a manner cognizant of him. Like if I was to enjoy the delicious taste of something, like Aida number one, but do it in a manner totally mindless of Allah, totally not thinking about Allah, not caring at all about Allah. I just, I just chomp it down, right? and I couldn't care less that Allah's beauty is being manifested to me there, right? and that gratitude is, is expected of me there. If I eat in that particular way, then that's not going to, I'm not going to, in that instance, be fulfilling the purpose of my creation, which is coming to know Allah. Right? So eating in that way is not going to be pleasing to Allah. Right? Um, but I need not act in that way. 
Right? I need not enjoy pleasures in that way. I can enjoy any kind of pleasure I want as long as it's permissible, right? Um, and as long as it's in a manner pleasing to Allah. Okay? I can go and ride a roller coaster if I want. Did you know? Right? If I want, I can go, right? Um, to, a, to an amusement park and I can ride a roller coaster with my family and I can enjoy, enjoy the exhilaration of flying down the tracks. Okay? Um, so long as I do not forget to appreciate Allah right? and indeed to thank Allah through that experience. Okay? Um, so th those are the most important things to remember about sincerity as it pertains to us. Okay? Now what about this situation now? Um, so we're getting closer and closer now to... Uh, I'm going to come back to the question that um, is our topic today. Okay? I, I've not forgotten about that. Um, we're building up toward that. Um, but I need to say these things preliminarily okay? to, to, make that, um, to make it all understandable. Right? What about now when I act for someone else? Right? So I see that Aiden is hungry and I prepare a meal for Aiden. Yeah? Now uh, it seems as though maybe right someone could could someone accuse me of um, insincerity in this way, Aiden? Could someone say, hey, uh, you know, um, look, you you didn't act there for Allah's sake; you acted for Aiden's sake, right? You gave Aiden what he likes to eat. You gave him food at the time that he's hungry. In other words, you took into account Aiden's desires. You didn't think about Allah there, right? Um, you, you didn't act sincerely there. Because you didn't do that for Allah's sake. Could someone accuse me of that? It's exactly the same situation as when we act for ourselves, right? It need not be the case. Again, right? If I meet one of Aden's needs in a manner totally mindless of Allah, not thinking at all about Allah, right? uh, you know, I think that my being able to give that food to Aden is through my power and my resources. Right? I'm the one who went and worked and earned money and cook the food and so on and so on right um so therefore i'm not thinking about allah um at all i'm not and, and and indeed what if i also do this right i give aiden the food then aiden eats half of it then he's fully can't eat the rest and then i quite wastefully throw the other half in the bin right rather than maybe put some glad wrap over it and put it in the fridge and keep it for later you know um, if i act in those sorts of ways if I meet Aiden's need to eat at the moment um, in that sort of way, yeah, then that would be taking into account only Aiden, maybe partly myself, right? And it wouldn't be sincere. Um, but it need not be that way. Aiden, do you mind popping on those lights again? Just pop them all on, please. That's all right. My showing compassion there to Aiden right, uh, need not be insincere, because right? that's what I'm doing. Where Remember I said at the start, when we spoke about compassion, I said that to be compassionate is to see, right? Just as I am needy, so too is Aiden. Right? Aiden is needy, so therefore I rushed Aiden's aid. Okay. Um, my acting compassionately for Aiden need not be insincere. I can make it sincere. Right? So long as I think about it in the right way, so long as I regard it in the right way. Okay? So it's very much a matter of the heart and the mind. You know? It's all what you believe and what you think about the matter. Okay? Um, as well as how you act. Right? I can think about it like this. I can say, yeah, you know, um, 
only Allah has power. Allah is Al-Qadir. He is all-powerful and I've got no power. My being able to give Aiden a plate of food, right? Um, my being able to you know, walk and talk and cook and so on, go to work, earn money, etc., etc. My being able to do all that, it's really just this Allah saw that I made certain choices. Those choices counted as a dua in Allah's view, and He answered that dua. And right, seeing that, right, hearing that, I wanted to provide some food to Aiden. Then Allah made it possible for me to walk and talk and cook and work and so on. All right, I can think about it first of all like that. Right? When I serve Him the food. I can think to myself like this. I can say, mm, you know, um, remember I said last week that what the believer should be doing, right, as part of our duty of worship, right, we should be trying to identify the manifestations of Allah's names and attributes here in this universe. So I should be trying to do something along these lines. And it doesn't always have to be in exactly this way. Okay? Um, it'll, you know, how we do this will vary from case to case. Right? But I could say this. Mm, in my being able to put a plate of food in front of Aiden, Allah's name of Razak is manifesting there. Allah is the provider. Yeah? Al-Razak. In the beauty of that food, in its aroma, in its taste, in its appearance, you know, names of Allah like Jamil and Sani right, are being manifested and so on. I can think about things like this. So that in that action of serving some food to Aiden, Really what I'm doing is I'm coming to know Allah. I'm, I, in, in showing compassion to Aiden, even I am having an experiential and a, an intellectual knowledge of the beauty and perfection of Allah's names and attributes. Then, after Aiden eats, rather than waste his leftovers, where possible I try to keep them. Or maybe in the first instance, I was careful not to... Um, Put too much food in front of him, right? I put him only as much as I know that he can eat. I wasn't wasteful in how I prepared it. I wasn't wasteful, let's say, in how I dealt with the food later on, um, etc. Let's say that ew, one of um, Aiden's school friends, right? Sam, right? Sam or John, whoever, right? Aiden's mate, Sam, comes to visit right at that time. Okay. Um, Right when Aiden's sitting down to eat his chicken tenders from KFC, <laughs> Sam comes along, right? And he's come because he wants to do some homework together with Aiden. And Sam sees the food and he smells the food, right? Again, right, what I should do, right? If I want to engage in that act of compassion for Aiden, right, in a manner pleasing to Allah, I should, I could additionally do this. I could say, well, this poor kid came here. He might be hungry too. I can see him eyeing off those chicken tenders or whatever they're called. Okay. Um, maybe I should offer some to him too. Right? So that, you know, I engage in this act of generosity. Again, all the while bearing in mind that it's really Allah's name of Kareem, the all-generous, being manifested there too. In general, I can turn my act of compassion toward Aiden or toward anyone that I act compassionately toward. I can turn it into a sincere action so long as I think about it in the sorts of ways that I've just described and so long as I, in general, carry out those actions in a manner that's pleasing to Allah. And 
the first and foremost thing that we need to remember if we want to try to act in a manner pleasing to Allah is that we got to think back to why we've been created in the first place. We've been created to come to know Allah. So therefore, when I act, I had better, if I want to act sincerely, if I want to act in a manner pleasing to Allah, right, I had better act in such a way as in doing that action, I'm going to know something about Allah. I'm going to have some sort of a you know experience of Allah's beauty. But I can't do that if I'm Aiden number one. Right? Remember Aiden number one, when he acts, when he eats, he doesn't think about Allah at all. He uh, when I gave food to Aiden, yeah, I thought it was me who was responsible for giving him that food, right? If I'm of that mindset, then I can't manifest sincerity there. I can't act in a manner pleasing to Allah there. I can't experience Allah's beauty and perfection there because I think it's all me who's acting. I think I'm responsible for it all. All right. So these are all the key things to know. If we want our our objective is to try to gain sincerity in all our actions. Okay. That entails acting primarily for Allah's sake. But Bearing in mind the fact that that doesn't mean that I can't myself experience pleasure or I can't um, uh, do something that's going to be pleasing also, right, to Aiden or whoever I'm acting, uh, uh, whoever I'm trying to help, okay? Um, acting for Allah's pleasure, it does not negate the pleasure of others, okay? Um, I can act for my pleasure and Aiden's pleasure as well, right, um, under the right circumstances, right? Bearing in mind everything that I've just said. All right. Um, so now, what about this matter of uh, gratitude? Yeah. Um, if I'm acting really for Allah's sake, right? If I'm really acting for Allah's pleasure, do do you think, Aiden, that I have a right to expect gratitude, right? A thank you from the person to whom I act with compassion. Right? So I, I I give Aiden a plate of uh, food. Right? I drive the KFC. I buy Aiden right? ten tenders. Ten pack of chicken tenders, yeah? His favourite. All right. Aiden scoffs them down. And at the end, he doesn't even say thanks. Let's say, or he forgets to say thanks. Um, or he expresses a lack of gratitude to me in other ways. Because gratitude isn't just verbal, is it? Like, gratitude is also this, isn't it? It's like, for example, uh, acting in certain ways. All right. Um, it's, for example, maybe putting your plate in the dishwasher afterwards, for example, right? One of countless ways that it can manifest, yeah? It's acting in certain ways too. Right? You can show that you're grateful to someone, not just in the words that you speak to them, but also in how you act towards them, right? That's the basic truth. Okay. So Aiden forgets all of that. He leaves his dishes there on the, on, on the table for me to clean up. Um, he, he walks away without saying thank you. Uh, he doesn't even, um, you know, he, he doesn't do anything. Right? He does not show gratitude in any, in any way. Okay. Um, if I'm acting only for Allah's sake, right, it seems, right, on the face of it, right, it seems as though, right, that I have no basis for expecting gratitude. Okay. And in a sense, that's true. In a sense, that's true. Right. right? Given what... Um, Given what Bedizaman said here at the start, right? Like when he spoke about 
the compassion of a, of a mother. He spoke about it in these sorts of terms. You know, it's very um, self-sacrificing. It's very disinterested. And most importantly, he said this. He said that it wants nothing in return. Right? That's what it means to really exemplify sincere compassion, to want nothing in return from that person. Okay? Um, that's really what we should be aiming for. Okay? Um, so to answer the um, question of the person uh, that, that uh, uh, sent me the question this week, really, that's our goal. Okay? And I don't say that this is easy to achieve. Um, it's difficult to achieve in part, in, in, in part for this reason. Like, you know, Allah built us in such a way, right? In a very fitri, in a very, um, yeah, you know, uh, in a very natural way, we're like this. When someone doesn't thank us, we get hurt. Okay. Um, I wonder why Allah created, created us that way, Aiden. Why do you think Allah made us feel that? Like, right? I, I, I act with great compassion towards someone, they fail to thank me, and I feel hurt. Right? Um, you know, uh, like I've not yet developed the compassion of the sincere mother. Right? Uh, I've not yet become completely disinterested. Um, uh, I do want something in return. Like in my heart, I do want some thanks. Like the reason why, right, if we if we do ever feel that way, right, part of the reason for that it's going to be this, right? Allah wants us to appreciate right, what an important thing thanks are. Right? When when you're listening, when somebody um, when somebody uh, does something for you, right? When somebody does something, uh, rather, when you do something for someone, yeah, and that person doesn't say thank you, then you feel hurt in a certain way, right? True, right? I, I mean, let's pretend that you went and got me a cake for my birthday and I didn't say thanks, right? Or you did me a, a, a birthday card like you sometimes do at school, right? You did me a beautiful birthday card, right? And I got it and I didn't say thanks and I just scrunched it up and I put it in the bin. How would you feel? You'd feel sad, hurt. You'd feel like I, ha I didn't appreciate your action there, right? Okay. The reason for that is really going to be this, right? Allah wants you to have an experience of, right, and, and both an intellectual and an experiential knowledge of what an important, what a valuable thing gratitude is. Right? Through having experiences like that, we come to learn how important it is right, not to fail to have gratitude. Okay, gratitude toward whom? Well, well, you know how we say Alhamdulillah. What does that word mean? All praise is due to Allah. Alhamdulillahi wa shukrillah. All praise and all thanks is due to Allah. Remember, Allah is one. Allah is Qadir. All power is His. Right? Everything that's created in this universe is all from Him. So, if there's anyone to be thankful to, it's always going to be Him. If Allah has made us experience in our hearts uh, a kind of hurt when someone doesn't say thank you to us, it's for that reason. It's for us to understand, hey, to fail to be thankful when thanks to due is an ugly thing. Right? To fail to exp express gratitude, it goes to the very heart of, it looks to, right, the very purpose of our creation. Right? You fail to fulfill, in other words, the very purpose of your creation. You are created for gratitude. You're created to experience divine beauty and then be grateful for that in all kinds of ways. 
To fail to be grateful when gratitude is due is, is, a, is an infinitely ugly thing. So Allah gets you to learn this. He gets you to experience this right, through your own actions, right? Through those occasions when you are compassionate towards someone and they fail to thank you. Okay, so you know, otherwise, yeah, we wouldn't have any, we wouldn't have a full-bodied understanding of this. We wouldn't truly understand how ugly it is to fail to thank Allah if it wasn't for those sorts of experiences, right? That's the purpose of that feeling. The purpose of that feeling is not primarily to demand thanks from someone. Yeah, hey, um, the reason why I demand thanks from you, Aiden, right? Um, when I get you those uh, tenders from KFC, the reason why I demand thanks from you is because I'll be hurt if you don't thank me. Right? No, that's not why. Right? That's not why. So let's let's come now to, to that issue. Under what circumstances, right? in what way can I expect thanks? Like in what sense can or should I expect thanks from somebody? Okay. Perhaps the answer will be clear from everything that we've said. Like all actions, like all things, they've always got to be sincere, right? It is my wanting thanks from you, right? Can should be aimed at being sincere. Right? I should want thanks from you in a way that's pleasing to Allah. Right? And how's that going to be? Right? What sort of a way would Allah be pleased with me? Right? Um, like in, in, let me put it this way, right? In what sort of a way can I expect thanks from someone that would be pleasing to Allah? Okay. Well, it can only be in ways similar to this. All right. So here's the thing. I know as a believer that gratitude is something important, right? Um, I know its value, right? and therefore, right? Um, I know its value, right? And therefore, I know what an ugly thing it is for someone to fail to show gratitude, right? So here you are, right? Here's Aiden, right? Aiden's my boy, okay? I want Aiden to grow, right, into a perfected worshipper. I want Aiden to grow into a beautiful person, a beautiful man. In Allah's view, I want him to be, I want him to have a beautiful character. I want him to gain a position in the Akhirah close to Allah. So that he's enraptured, right, and in joy, right, in ecstasy for all eternity. I want Aiden's most pressing needs to be met. Therefore, I don't want him to be, I don't want him to behave in a manner displeasing to Allah. I don't want him to be, behave in a manner that Allah would view as ugly. Therefore, I don't want Aiden to show a lack of gratitude when he ought to give gratitude. Okay. Now, Bedusaman points this out elsewhere in the Disali, right back in the first word of the words collection, which is the first of the, the four main books of the Disali. You know, Bedusaman refers to the fact that um, you know when, although it's Allah who's providing everything to us, we still got to thank the tray bearer. Okay, um, Allah still expects of us that we thank the tray bearer. So um, I'm the one, let's say, that brought out your food to you, right, on a tray, let's say, Aiden. No? Um, although all that was done through Allah's power, still what happened was right, because I made certain choices, right, I chose to do that. I, I made a certain dua to Allah. Um, Allah answered that dua and thus he enabled me to come and bring you that food on a tray, right? 
in doing that, I experience certain difficulties, certain exertion, right? Certain pain even sometimes. It was hard for me in certain ways. Thus, Allah expects that you thank also right, that tray bearer, that person who brings it out. Right? It's not improper to also, in other words, it's not improper also to thank that person. In fact, it's quite required. Allah commands it, in fact. Right? Not only do you have to say Alhamdulillah, but if someone's brought that food to you, is the recording continuing? If someone has brought that food out to you, right, even though it was brought out through Allah's power, for the reasons that I've just said, you've also got to thank that person. Okay, So you've got to thank the tray bearer. So as believers, we know this. If Aden fails to be grateful to that tray bearer, whether it's to me or anybody else, I should, be, I should want him to change that way. Right? I should not want him to continue to behave in that way. I should want him to mend his ways in that respect, right? I should want him to, to go from ungrateful to grateful in the fullness of time, right? Why? Not, not primarily because of me, but again, for Allah's sake, right? Because if he's ungrateful, primarily what he's doing is that he's doing something that's displeasing to Allah, right? So there is a sense, right? there is a sense in which I can and indeed should expect thanks from persons, all right? I sh as a compassionate person, again, it's an act of compassion here. Because I don't want my son or my sister or my brother, any of any of my fellow Muslims, because I don't want them to end up in a position distant from Allah to any degree at all in the afterlife. Because I'm interested, because I'm interested in them securing their most pressing needs. Okay, because of that reason. I should, I should want those persons to be grateful, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, in some, in some contexts, that gratitude is going to be expressed to me. In other contexts, it's going to be expressed to, you know, whoever it was that was the tray bearer for that person, so to speak, in that, in that context. Yes, you know, um, I should expect them to be grateful. But again, as with all decisions, right, as with all things wanted, as with all du'as made, they should, it should all, they should always be done sincerely. Right? In other words, you know, my wanting Aiden or whoever to be uh, grateful, yeah, it's got to be for Allah's sake. It's got to be in a way pleasing to Allah. Uh, if it's only for my own feelings, right? let's say, totally minus Allah. Couldn't care less about Allah. Couldn't care less about why Allah has created Aden or the universe and the fact that, you know, thanks are due to Allah. The fact that, you know, all praise and all thanks are due to Allah. Let's say, I don't care about any of that. You know? And I want thanks from Allah. Uh, sorry, I want thanks from Aden purely so that my own feelings aren't hurt. If that's the reason why, then that would be an insincere uh, kind of compassion, right? So, you know, I'm acting for someone's sake, I'm helping someone, but, you know, I want thanks from them in that sort of way, then, to that extent, the sincerity and that compassion will be um, uh, spoiled to that extent. You know, the sincere way, again, is in the way that's pleasing to Allah. I want Aiden to be sincere, I want Aiden to be grateful, right? because I know that that's what Allah expects of him. Right? To cut a long story short, you know. Um, 
Having said all of that, right? Uh, final thing I'll say, I've gone just over an hour, right? Um, at least on my podcast, you know, which started a little bit later. Um, uh, having said all that, right? This does not mean, right? Let's pretend. Let's pretend that Aiden doesn't say thanks to me. As his father, right? Does that mean I should say this? Oh, you know, Aiden, you know, hasn't given thanks. He's done something displeasing to Allah. Uh, okay, therefore, I won't act compassionately towards him anymore. You know, um, in most cases, I'd say that would be the wrong way to act. Okay, um, there will be certain exceptions to this, right? Sometimes, you know, some, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Sometimes, maybe I will withdraw my help to somebody if they're um, ungrateful in certain ways. Okay, um, I'll come back to that in a moment, right? But in general, right, I cannot make gratitude, right? Um, uh, I cannot make Aiden's gratitude or anyone's gratitude. Right? Um, the basis upon which I act compassionately towards them. Right? I can't say this in other words. Uh, Aiden didn't say thank you to me, therefore I won't anymore um, buy him those tenders from KFC. From now on, I'm going to give Aiden celery to eat, right? or carrots, right? raw carrots, Aiden, three times a day. You're just going to eat raw carrots. Why? Because you weren't gracious, you weren't thankful. You didn't put your plate in the dishwasher, so I'm going to make you suffer. Right? And not, not for my sake, but because you acted in a manner displeasing in Allah's view. Right? You acted in a manner displeasing to Allah. Allah expected that you thanked me, the tray bearer, and you didn't. So I'm not going to uh, you know, um, uh, act compassionately towards you anymore. No, um, I should not do that. Right? In most cases, a father, for example, and especially a mother. Right? And, and mothers, as Bedesman puts it, they are the champions of compassion. They are at the forefront of this. They are the paragons of this, in other words. They do not expect anything in return, right? No matter what, they continue to act compassionately towards their child. And there's many, there's great wisdom in this, right? First of all, right, it's it's to manifest a disinterestedness. I'm acting sincerely. I'm acting for Allah's sake here. When I act compassionately, when I meet the needs of my child, really I'm trying to gain a lust reward. So that doesn't matter if Aiden said thank you or he didn't say thank you to me. As long as Allah's pleased with me, I'm happy. Okay, um, That's how I should think. So long as Allah is pleased, as Bedizaman would put it, doesn't matter if the whole world is displeased, doesn't matter if the whole world uh, demonstrates a lack of gratitude toward me, does not matter, so long as Allah is pleased. All right? So therefore, the mother continues to... Uh, engage in acts of uh, compassion towards a child. But, you know, there'll be exceptions to this, as I mentioned. Right? I'm going to finish on this uh, note. Okay? Um, does this mean that... Everything that I've just said, right? Does all of this mean that I've got to continue to do favours for people, you know, help people, right? whether close relatives or, or, or distant or just friends, that I've got to continue to act compassionately towards them no matter what. Does this mean this, for example? Oh, uh, um, there's a man who... Because remember I said that a lack of gratitude can be shown in all kinds of ways, right? It could be shown by failing to put your dishes in the dishwasher, or it could be shown this way. What if, what if after I gave you that food, you come and punch me in the face? <laughs> okay? Right? Baba, 
you should have bought the chicken home more quickly. By the time you bought them, it was cold. Bang, right? What if you punched me in the face? What if you, if you did that, then that would certainly be a lack of gratitude, right? You'd totally be failing to take into account, right, the difficulty that I underwent to go and get you that food, wouldn't you? Right? In a very extreme way, you'd be showing a lack of gratitude to me, right? Well, the sad reality is that there are persons in the community, right? There are some sisters, for example, in the community that live in these sorts of circumstances where... Um, Although they act with great compassion towards, say, their partner, towards their husband, um, in return what happens is that rather than being thanked, they're beaten. In order to gain sincerity, does that beaten wife, right, that victim of spousal abuse, does she have to continue to live in that relationship? Would you think? What do you think? There's a limit, isn't there, right? There's a, there's a point at which Allah is not going to expect of me, right, that I continue to, you know, help a certain person. Right? Um, Allah is going to expect that, yeah, you know, um, most likely Allah is going to expect that I um, accept quite a lot of um, ingratitude, right? For example, it doesn't matter if Aiden didn't say thank you to me for 50 years. Probably I should still, most likely, I should still continue to be, um, you know, uh, compassionate toward Aiden. Yeah, but what if Aiden starts to bash me up every time I go to help him? (laughs) Um, Would he still then expect that I um, continue to go around to help Aiden? Right? Probably not. Okay. So, of course, of course there's going to be a limit, you know, to what we've said. Um, you don't, in order to capture sincerity, you, you don't need to put up with every sort of ingratitude, right? You know, um, we, we needn't be extremists about what we're saying, in other words, okay? You know, um, yeah, what we've, everything that I've said has got to be, you know, um, understood, you know, reasonably, right? You know, don't understand it in an extreme way, okay? Um, use your common sense, in other words, um, and understand that, yeah, you know, look, of course, Allah does not expect, expect of you that, you know, you undergo physical abuse, uh, extreme ingratitude of that sort and so on, right? And you can make other examples for yourself, right? Um, so I'm hoping that um, everything that we've said, um, you know, very much uh, answers uh, the question that was um, uh, put to me. Um, uh, if not, uh, you know, the, the person is, of course, welcome to, uh, you know, uh, forward uh, supplementary questions or if anyone else, you know, feels that anything that I've said has been unclear, please um do feel free to forward um, questions uh, or comments via either Facebook or, or WhatsApp if you're part of the WhatsApp group. Um, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, please do join us again next week. Now, next week will be uh, Ramadan. Uh, inshallah, I'm hoping to continue. I might choose to start a little bit earlier so that we finish well and truly before um, iftar time. Um, so, yeah, just stay, stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, I'll post something about that uh, closer to uh, next Monday, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana innaka antal alim al-hakim ala rasulina as-salawat. Allahumma salam wa sayyidina Muhammad. Lillah al-Fatiha. Bismillah. Okay, assalamu alaikum. Uh, thanks, and uh, join us again next week. Okay, you can stop that, Ed. The video is still like right up in the
ఇంద్ర 